Um, way before other people made it popular, Jews were also slaves in Egypt. And guys, I mean, I got to assume if there's any slaves you're looking for, any race of people that you're looking for to be your slave, I mean, if I had to make a list of the, 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 the least slave-like race I'd want, the least capable of both doing heavy manual labor and not complaining... That combination have to be Jews at the very bottom of that list. Go down, Moses, way down in Egypt Shafir's Skeptic Take. Happy Holiday. Uh, my name is Ari Shafir. I'm the host of this podcast, and I am a Jew. The holiday I'm talking about is Passover. Does anybody know anything about Passover? Well, I'm about to teach you. Um, I'm a Jew, everybody. I don't know if you know what that means. You might have an idea of what it is, but I don't know if you know what it means. What it means is pretty layered. Um, I was an Orthodox Jew. I am now a racial-only Jew. A lot of people say, well, how can uh, Judaism be a race? Uh, it's a religion. It's a religion only. Well, it's not a religion only. It's a religion, but I'm not religious at all, so how am I still a Jew? Explain my face if Judaism has only religious aspects to it and not racial aspects. You can pick a Jew out of a lineup. You can't pick a Catholic out of a lineup. Um, you can't pick an atheist out of a lineup. So, uh, it's both. Culture and, uh, I don't know, which break, break down race into, but it's something more than just a religion. Uh, and the way I was, Orthodox Jew is something even, it's, it's pretty religious. Uh, now I'm nothing. So I'm going to tell you about Passover, since today is Passover. It's an eight-day holiday. This, by the way, is mostly what the Wandering Jew Tour is. It is an hour of stand-up comedy, American-style stand-up comedy, the best style of stand-up comedy in the world, the style that's most most concerned with laughs, and then later concerned with things like plot and overall point. We might, some of comics here, concern themselves with that, but it never comes to the expense of laughs. Whereas in the UK... Uh, it almost always comes in the expense of laughs. 
the point stuff that like it's always this moment they do jokes about it in the, in the edinburgh comedy festival where someone will be like i have a chair here for my quiet moment in the last 20 minutes of my act i'm not interested in that and i honestly think the people who do that it's weak it's a weak style of comedy i don't even mind you trying it trying to say something deep but not 20 minutes with three laughs in it uh-uh unacceptable do that shit, make your point, but do it with comedy. How are you a comic for 40 minutes and then a fucking Maya Angelou for the last 20? Absolutely not. So what I'm doing it in is the style of American stand-up comedy, laughs only, and I'm doing it in all over the world. Four different continents. Where's Israel? A- either way, Asia or Africa. Uh, I'm st- it's still a fourth continent. North America, Europe, Australia, and then wherever Israel is in December. One show only. Um, North America, I've got two dates left before I go to Australia. April 4th in Albany at the Funny Bone. April 5th in Syracuse at the Funny Bone. Adrian Appalucci will be there. Both shows with me. But then I go to Australia and the Wandering Jew Tour, that's what I'm calling it, goes there. Perth at the Charles Hotel, April 13th and 14th. Then Melbourne at the Comics Lounge, 17th to the 21st. I'm also doing two storytelling shows in Melbourne, the 20th 20th and 21st at the uh, European Beer Cafe. Um, me and four or five comics telling stories about a theme, April 20th, 420, that'll be the weed show or drug show. Probably. I still reserve the right to making it a different topic and just saying, let's get high and watch that fun show. But either way, I'll be in Melbourne doing the Wandering Jew tour the 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th and 21st, right? Yes. Um... Then Adelaide at the top of the arc at the Arcaba Hotel on the 26th, followed by Sydney, the Factory Theater, two shows, the 28th and 29th, and then finalizing it in Brisbane, the Sit-Down Comedy Club, and that's it. That's all I got until, uh, until I go to Edinburgh. The Wandering Jew Tour goes there. No, actually, I got Washington, D.C. and San Francisco, but those are in June. A long way off. But so for this Jew Tour, I'm going to show you what it really means to be a Jew. So for Passover... That's this holiday. I'm giving you a taste right now. If you guys don't know what Passover is, it's, well, it's a Jew's day where we don't eat bread. It's kind of our own version of Lent. We have versions of holidays that you guys have, but we do it different. So, like, we don't have, we don't have Halloween. It's actually for pagans. I didn't know if you know that. When I tried to celebrate Halloween, they were, I was told when I became Orthodox Jewish, I was told as a young child, as a fourth grader, like, no, we don't do Halloween. That's for pagans. And I remember going like, wait. What? No fucking way. But I got used to it. Uh, instead of uh, Halloween, we dress up on Purim. And that's a crazy holiday too, but I'm not going to go into that. Today I'm going to Passover. And our version of Lent is instead of giving up meat or doing whatever Christians are supposed to do before they kept compromising and compromising and compromising and compromising and compromising down... Um, to where they go now, which is like, what, no meat fucking once a week? You guys suck. You guys don't even do your fucking religion. If you're going to do it, fucking do it. <sighs> All the way down. You're supposed to not eat meat the whole time. Then they go, well, let me give up one thing for Lent. I'll just give up, uh, you know, down, down pillows on Fridays. Idiots. So, Passover, we give up bread. And not just bread, really anything leavened. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm just going to call it bread. Uh, leavened, 
leavening is a, I think, a process of when food rises. So like, uh, you know how when you cook bread, I don't know if you ever cooked it, and then it just rises up? That's the problem, the yeast in there. So we also can't have pasta for some reason. Really, most things with flour have some yeast in them, I guess. All we can have is matzah. That's all we can have. And today's episode is brought to you by Shmura Matzah, the best of all the matzahs. And if you're looking for a great taste in Shmura Matzah, try Schatzer Matzahs. Schatzer Matzahs available at fine kosher stores all over, only for the next five days. And then clearance sale right after that. Schatzer Matzah, the great garbage taste of matzah, brought to you by Schatzer. Doesn't quite rhyme. Um, um, anyway, so matzah is like, I guess it has no yeast in it. It's just like either square, the stripes is fucking garbage kind. The only thing that's good, I mean, okay, so oh, I have so much to tell you. If you don't know why we don't eat bread, let me back it up. When the Jews left Egypt, let me back further up. The Jews were in Egypt. Uh, we weren't just there visiting. Uh, the Jews were slaves. Did you know that? Jews were slaves? The OGs? Um, way before other people made it popular, Jews were also slaves in Egypt. And guys, I mean, I gotta assume if there's any slaves you're looking for, any race of people that you're looking for to be your slave, I mean, if I had to make a list of the the the, the least slave-like race I'd want, the least capable of both doing heavy manual labor and not complaining. That combination have to be Jews at the very bottom of that list. Oh, what? What is it? You don't want to really work hard? Oh, that sounds like a that sounds like a terrible uh, idea for a slave. Oh, what is that? Also, you want to complain nonstop? Uh, another Jewish quality? Yeah, sure. Let's make them our fucking uh, forced manual laborers. God, the ear beating the Egyptians must have taken. Oh, I, I whipped them. So anyway, Jews were slaves. Um. And there was, by the way, if you want to see my tour dates, go to arishafir.com slash tour. They're all available right there. Um, please do go there and buy yourself a ticket. And if you live in Australia, if you know someone who lives in Australia, let them know I'll be going. So the Jews were in Egypt. Now, there was this, when there were slaves, there was this Jewish woman who had a baby. And she was like, well, I could either raise this or, or could go another way with it. Could go another way. Could take it, put it in a basket, take that basket, put it in a river, the Nile River, and then let it go and let it just go down this river, this basket baby, down the river and be like, best of luck to you, buddy. Hope you make it. So that's what this woman did. And the man in the basket, the baby, was Moses. Just so you guys know, you're going to need to know that name. It comes up a lot in this story. So she puts this fucking baby in a goddamn basket, a crocodile-infested river known as the Nile, and she just fucking lets it go. Now, here's what you should know about babies. They're not good swimmers. So if that basket tips over, uh, that's a dead baby. That's a dead baby 999 times out of 1,000. But Miriam, I think, uh, no, that was, okay, now I'm unsure on a a few of these things. It might have been Miriam, might have been her mom. This doesn't really matter. Miriam was Moses' sister. Either way, um, it was gone. It was either a dumpster baby, if it was the mom, saying, I want to get rid of this motherfucker, or it was a jealous 
uh, sibling, which that happens too. There's stories of fucking jealous siblings killing their kid. Dogs are better trained than children. That's what I mean by children are garbage in my special, Double Negative, available on Netflix right now. Has anyone still not seen it? You should watch. Um, start with the second half, actually. Then go back to the first. Um, so either it's one or the other. But yeah, you got to see these fucking jealous kids. You see a dog. You see dogs. They know to fucking, oh, I got to protect this fucking new child in, my, in our household. They understand that. Siblings? Four or five-year-olds? They don't know. They'll just stab you with a fucking fork. They bite. Why wouldn't they? But they don't know the fucking fragileness of a newborn. Anyway, so she puts it in this fucking river. Turns out, as luck would have it, the basket does not tip over. Babies, if they get out, they can't just like, I'm all wet and get back in. That's a dead baby. But it didn't happen. So the baby gets around the bend and hits some people that are there. There's some people bathing. Guess who it is? Guess. The king's daughter. The king is called Pharaoh in Egypt back then. Now they don't have a king. Uh, but back then it was called a Pharaoh. And the king, the Pharaoh, had a daughter who was bathing in the Nile River with her servants. And as she was bathing, lo and behold, what comes around a corner, around the reeds, was a baby in a basket. Can you imagine that? And she was like, what is this? And her servant ladies were like, oh, that's not, that's just, don't worry about that shit, man. It's just Jews are always dumping off their babies in here, you know, trying to take it down the river. It's, it's okay. It's crocodile meat. If you just let it go down three more bends, that's where the crocs hang out. That, yeah, that's just, a, that's just a basket of croc meat, really. But she goes, no, I think it's cute. And they're like, really? Kind of a big nose for a child, but uh, all right, if you say so, you're the, you're the, you're the princess. And she goes, well, I'm going to raise it as my own. And they're like, what? Yeah, I'm going to tell everybody. She hatched a plan. She was going to tell everybody that it was her child and then raise it as her own. So that's what she did. She raised this child, Moses, and she pretended it was hers. I don't know if she came up with the name Moses or if, listen, whenever the Bible was written, it was a long time ago. People didn't really know everything. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, God wrote it. And just left a bunch of holes in his fucking story, to quote Joe Rogan. That's worst case scenario. That he just is not a great screenwriter. So she takes it. She raises Moses her own. Don't know who named Moses. If it was, maybe they left a name tag on him. But the Jews knew his name was Moses. And then somehow his fucking Egyptian name was Moses too. And he was a fucking baby baby. So it's not like he remembered his name was Moses. By the way, in all these stories... I am willing to give it up for the idea of miracles. But there's got to have been a miracle said. It can't just be a random like, well, maybe it was a miracle. God In the Old Testament, God points out when a miracle happened. Um, you know, how did all the animals know to come to the, to the ark? All right, that, that's said. It's, it's said in there. In the commentary, you can, you can read why. But it's got ha- to have some sort of basis for it. Um, so anyway... Uh, the name is Moses, and they both stick. Both sides stick on that. I don't know. Maybe they read the script. So they raise their own. Now the Jews continue to be slave laborers, awful, awful slave laborers. You know those 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 pyramids are supposed to be beautiful houses, and the Jews are like just pile it up here. Um, so Mon- Moses, when he hits like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, something like that, uh, he becomes a man, and he goes to Pharaoh, the king. Remember the king, it's Pharaoh. He goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, 
And he says, yes, my, 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 uh, my boy. What is it? And he goes, well, I've got news for you. I ain't your grandson, and I'm a Jew. And Pharaoh goes, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And Moses is like, what? He goes, yeah, I mean, first of all, my daughter was never pregnant, so that's the first clue that you're not my grandson. You know, because most people, you know how most people get pregnant before they give birth? She wasn't pregnant. So it was just like sort of obvious to me that she wasn't going to be a mom because you don't just like suddenly, you've never done this, Moses, because you were only raised in the king's castle. But yeah, that's how it works. You get pregnant before you get birth. Also, um, you're wearing glasses. You're the only person on the Egyptian side who wears glasses. So I could tell you probably came from the Jew side. And he and Moses was like, well, okay, element surprise is gone. But what I want from you now is I want you to let my people go. And Pharaoh goes, uh, bro, you have no idea about economics. That's not how it's going to work. If I let you go, I'll have no labor force. You need to give me something. Why would I let you go? And he was like, what do you mean why? He goes, give me a reason why I should let you go, your people. And Moses was like, because I asked. (laughs) Ah, poor little Jew boy. You're lucky you're not working hard in the fields right now. If not for my dumbass fucking daughter, you would be. And he goes, no, I'm not going to let your people go. I'm not going to let your people go at all. What I'm going to do is I'm going to double their labor force, their work output. And Moses is like, what? He goes, yeah, whatever they're doing, I'm doubling it. And he goes, oh, no, don't do that. He goes, yeah, it's done. I'm doubling it. And Moses is like, let me, let me, before you do that, I got a trick for you. And Pharaoh's like, go ahead, give it to me. And he goes, well, I got a staff here, a cane, as it were. And he's like, watch this. I'm going to take this staff. I'm going to turn it into a snake. And he throws it down. Alakazam. It turns into a snake. Pharaoh, frightened, goes, oh, no. And then realizes it's, it's, not, it's not even an evil snake. It's just a regular snake. and just kind of crawls away. Didn't attack anybody. And he goes, oh, it's, it's, that's nothing. He goes, by the way, also, I have uh, sorcerers, wizards. They can also turn canes into snakes. And sorcerers each take a cane, three of them. Alakazam, they turn it into snakes as well. <coughs> this is all in the Bible, by the way. I'm not making this up. And Moses goes, oh, cool. Okay, okay, okay. I see you're fucking even with me on that one. But can I do this? Can they turn the snake back into a cane? Alakazam! And he fucking turns his snake back into a staff. And Pharaoh goes, no, my servants can't do that. But as it turns out, we have plenty of staffs. So that's not the issue here. Uh, we'll just go ahead and let those snakes just crawl away. It's was, it was pretty cool either way, though. It's a good game. And so Pharaoh's like, bro, get the fuck out of here. I'm doubling their work. And he doubles the work of the Jews. At that point... I got to assume the Jews were like, hey, Moses, hey, do, we, do us a favor. Why don't you shut the fuck up, bro? Hmm? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's us. We told you to shut the fuck up. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. Why don't you get your fucking Egyptian friends to come whip us again? You're not one of us, dude. And all, your, your stupid fucking mouth just doubled our labor. You fucking idiot. What? You don't know what the struggle's like here? You, didn't ra- you weren't raised here. You were raised in the fucking rich part of town. And you're blogging about our experience, making it worse for us. 
No. No. Beat it, fuckface. So Moses is dejected. But uh, God goes, fear not. Fear not, kid. I'm going to uh, I'm going to help you out. So he brings a plague. He brings a plague to to the Egyptians. So um, anyway, Moses goes back. He was like he's his brother Aaron. He comes into the story now. I don't know how he knew who his brothers were. I mean, really, there's no mention of even him going like, Wait, where? Who was I raised with? There's no adoption papers, but he seems to know. Um. By the way, this is Ari Shavir's Skeptic Tank, episode 321, Let My People Go. Um, oh, I, did, I did an intro. No, I don't do an intro on this one. Okay, yeah. Um, so he goes back to Egypt, uh, to Pharaoh, Moses, and he goes, all right, well, you asked for it. I want you to let my people go so they may worship the Lord. That's what the Lord asked me to ask you. And by the way, that's God's reason. He goes, let them go so they can worship me. What a fucking petty bitch. Um. So he turns the water into blood, and the whole Nile runs red, red with blood. No one could bathe in it anymore, except chicks in the period, I guess. It was a good cover-up for that. But anyone else couldn't really bathe in it. By this, you will know that I am the Lord. So he's really trying to convince Pharaoh here that it's like, uh, you know, I'm a powerful guy. These people you've had enslaved for the last 400 years... They've got a powerful dude behind them. Well, then why um, was I able to enslave them for 400 years? Uh, all right. Valid question. Valid question. I mean, you got to assume if you're God that Pharaoh would have some doubts that they have a powerful God behind them. You, they could, they could, I could see how they could have some doubts. It's like when those people get mad that you don't – you say tranny instead of trans or you say uh, him instead of zem or whatever the fucking pronoun is. Listen – I understand that you want to be called that. I understand that. But, like, you should also understand that that wasn't always the term and that people aren't meaning this to be rude to you. So don't be rude back. Just fucking say, hey, actually, I'd rather be called this. And if they go, well, that's not the way I was raised. I don't want to call you that. Just go, okay, well, I would prefer it. Don't be mad about it because they're not as exactly caught up as you are. It's like you're not even making a, a, a mention to the idea, to the fact that they weren't raised with that. I mean, come on. So the same shit with this fucking Pharaoh. God is like, tell him I'm powerful. Just let him go. It's like, yeah, but my father and his father and his father, we could beat the shit out of you guys and nothing happened. So suddenly uh, it's the Jew God. You got to give me some time to catch up on this, man. Otherwise, I'm thinking of other explanations. Good fucking analogy, Ari, with the trans thing. Good analogy. So he turns the water, the Nile, into, into blood. All the fish die. The fish in the Nile die. And the river stunk. And the Egyptians won't be able to drink water. At this point, they would have died. Uh, something that God didn't know back then, that people didn't know back then, is if you don't have water, you're unable to live. It's just uh, sort of a fact of life. Uh, not many lakes in Egypt, but whatever. Uh, anyway... Oh, I think they actually covered that. They said they had reserves of water. I don't know why you have reserves of water when the Nile runs 365 days a year. But they did. Uh, so next up, frogs. He fucking rains frogs. And Pharaoh's also like, beat off, fuckface. I'm not going to fucking fear you because of frogs. All we're going to do is eat frogs now, you fucking idiot. Um, also, it says the Nile would team with frogs, which is 
probably a result of all the fish dying. Uh, it's got to be something. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Then lice. They all get lice. Uh, then there's a mixture of wild animals or flies. That's, that's plague number four. Mo- Moses keeps asking every time, let my people go so they may worship the Lord. Pharaoh probably should have just been like, well, worship, bro. I'll give you time off. At that point, he also doubles their work again. He goes, you keep doing this shit. Guess what? It ain't working out for you. You didn't think I would take the offensive? Jews, doubled work now. So he doubled it and then doubled it again. So I did some math on this. Um, on how bad the Jews had it before Moses came by. There was time to double their work. I'm, I'm figuring as a slave, you can work a max of 16 hours a day. I mean, that's eight hours of sleep. Even if it's six, you still need time to eat. Otherwise, they'll all die. I'm not saying have great meals, but you got to feed slaves or they, or they die. And you don't have slaves anymore. I'm not saying what should be done. I'm saying how it was done. So I'm saying about 15 hours of work, I think. 15 or 16 hours. That means, before Moses came, the Jews were doing, because of doubling and doubling again, a max of about 3 hours and 45 minutes of work a day. Yeah, double that, it's 7 and a half hours. Double that, is 15. Okay, 3 hours and 45 minutes to 4 hours of work a day. That's it. That's all they were doing. Free room and board. The safety of a fucking... Massive army that's protecting them. There's no case, there's no, there's no reports of, of rape of the slaves. There had to be. That just wouldn't have been reported in there. Yeah, there had to be. So, okay, I get why you want to get out. But based on the story itself, what was, what was there? Pretty fucking cush, man. I wouldn't even stir the pot on that one. Anyway, um, then... Diseased livestock. This is a big one. This is a big one. Okay. So the Lord says, God says, <clears throat> the God of the Hebrew, let my people go so they can worship me. If you don't let them go, you can hold them back. The hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field. Your horses, donkeys, camels, and on your cattle and sheep and goats. This is a big one. Um, all they all die, except untouched were any of the cattle, the livestock of the Jews. All their livestock was untouched. Now, I want you guys to think about what you've heard of um, slavery in America. And in any of those stories, did the slaves own their own livestock? I'm going to give you some time to think about it. But while you're thinking, I'm just going to tell you that the answer is no. They never own livestock because slaves aren't allowed to own shit. These Jew slaves, man, they had it easy. They had it fucking easy. Three hours and 45 work minute, uh, hours a day of work with a lunch break. So that's you talking about. What are you talking about? Go t- 10 to 12, 30, and then maybe, you know, it got too hot. No, maybe they woke up early. Maybe let's say seven. Let's say seven to 10. Got a good three hours. Then it starts getting warm. Eat something. Take a break. Chill with your wife. Tend to your livestock. And then as the sun starts to go down, it starts to cool off a little bit. Let's say about you know six thirty. Then they did about another you know hour, hour forty five of work till about seven forty five. And then had a nice dinner. Again, talk to your family. Uh, maybe get some eggs from your chickens. And then just had a nice dinner with 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 the whole family. Maybe invited another family over. 
No leaning during this, but um, I'll get into that later. Jesus, so fucking layered, this goddamn story. So I just wanted you to know, also, this whole story is what Jews do during the Passover Seder. We just say the story in song and in fucking passage. I'll get into that, too. God damn it, there's a lot to this. So, killed all the livestock. None of the Jews' livestock were touched. Pharaoh had it inspected. It's true. None of the Jews' livestock were affected. I don't know why Pharaoh didn't just go, well, those are my livestock now. Whatever you guys had, we have. Guess what? You saved yours, and now they're mine. Congratulations. Not the smartest guy, this Pharaoh. Um, maybe they had some sort of like Geneva Convention rules about how to treat slaves back then, but they weren't affected. At this point, Pharaoh has had an ass full of these Jews, and he was like, go, leave. I don't want you here anymore. And he starts to let them go. Five plagues in. And then something weird happens. It says in the Bible, in the Torah, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He hardened his heart. And Pharaoh changed his mind because of the way God hardened his heart. And he brought him back. He said, no, 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 you're actually not free. You're slaves again. Same as before. Now, this is interesting because now you have a guy, a king, Pharaoh, who is willing to end this all. But God was, he already made this game plan, I guess, of these 10 plagues. And I think he wanted to show them all, to show the world that they were not to be fucked with, even though it doesn't work. The world continues to fuck with Jews. But he wanted to show all the plagues he had saved up. Why not just save a few for like the fucking first Gulf War, you know? Make Saddam Hussein fucking stop that instantly. If fucking Netanya- Benjamin Netanyahu, oh, he wasn't the guy back then, but uh, whoever it was, Yitzhak Rabin, goes, hey, uh, if you keep throwing Scud missiles uh, over at Israel, uh, we're going to rain frogs on you. And then if that happens, they'd be like, oh, shit, let's hold off on this. That seems like an eerie, eerie prediction. So anyway, he lets him go. And then God hardens his heart, makes him bring him back. So that means this fight was over. This fight was over. If God just lets it, lets it be, it's over. Which means the next five plagues are all on God's hands. None of them had to happen. Pharaoh was willing to fucking let it, call it quits. But because he's so vengeful or whatever else... They had to continue with these plagues. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's what it says in there. They try to like explain it away because there's a few other instances where he says he hardened his heart. Like maybe he hardened his own heart. But on this one, it was very clear. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So five more plagues. It never had to happen. Only had to happen because God got fucking bloodlust or something. That's like, do you understand? That's like your two buddies are fist fighting and then they break it up and they're, they're calming down and they're like, oh, fuck, what was I fighting with my friend for? You know, it's starting to hit them. It's like, well, I was just caught up in the moment. And then you lean into one of your buddies and go, hey, he called you a faggot. And they go, what? I'll fucking kill him. And then he fucking starts to fight again. It was over. It was over. Can I go into the stand soon? So anyway, um, keep that in mind. Then we're going on. Boils. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take a handful of suit from the furnace and have Moses toss it under the air, kind of like LeBron James before a game. 
doing the presence of the Pharaoh. I don't know at this point why the Pharaoh didn't just kill Moses. I mean, maybe his daughter was like, no, that's my son. He's like, it's not your son. You lied to me. Put him in jail or something. You just let him come and go. He's living with the Jews now, by the way. They took him in. He's fucking Jews. Talk about turning the other cheek. This dude fucking made him go from three hours and 45 minutes of work to 15 hours. And they're fucking taking him in. They'll, you can like, yeah, you can live with us. We like, your, we like what you're trying to do, I guess. Anyway, everybody got boils. They broke out in boils. All the, the, the king's sorcerers had no, had no way to fucking, they couldn't even stand. And then there's a bunch of hail and fire. It does not hail much in, in uh, Egypt, you should know. The fire, I think, was just lightning. Then a bunch of locusts destroyed all the crops. That was number eight. And then darkness for three days. Complete darkness for three days. No one could see. No one could leave their place for three days. I mean, the darkness, they say, was so powerful that even candles couldn't penetrate it. And then number 10. And number 10 is a problematic one. It's the death of the firstborn. So Moses gets the word out to the Jews before Facebook, before uh, the Arab Spring. They did it on uh, word of mouth. They said, by the way, during the revolution, the new American revolution, they're going to shut down the government. They're going to shut down the, the government's going to shut down the internet because they know that's how we're going to communicate. Excuse me, not, not we, uh, they, quote unquote, uh, are going to sh- communicate. So you guys, people who are figuring out the revolution, you guys think of another means of communication, a backup plan for when the internet goes down. Think it over. They're not, they, they saw what happened with Gaddafi, letting people talk on Facebook and how, what it did to them. The government will shut down the internet here. So figure, carrier pigeon, I don't know, figure out another way to communicate with the other assassins, whatever else is going on in the world. Um, okay, so this is what happens. Last plague. He goes, hey, Jews, take some lamb's blood. They had lambs still, remember, because their, their, their cattle were okay. Take some lamb's blood, paint it on your door what? doorways on the side of your door and that's going to be the sign that the angel of death oh yeah it gets dark should pass over your home because the angel of death comes out that night about midnight and he wreaks some havoc on egypt firstborn son the firstborn son in every household is going to die that night but not the jews homes because that is a bad translation, because the angel of death will pass over their house. Mm. You know, it works as a translation, but not really. So that's what it is. From the firstborn of the son of the Pharaoh sits on the throne to the firstborn of the slave girl who is at her hand mill, and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. Again, cattle were all dead, so I don't know. There will be loud wailing throughout... Oh, I guess the the the, uh, the Jews' cattle was always left. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt. Worse than there will have ever been or will ever be again. Yeah, the firstborn son in every goddamn household, dead. All right. Well, in the time of the Bible, they they didn't value the things we value now. So the idea of an innocent two-year-old boy dying because of the quote-unquote sins of the ruler of their country, that wouldn't sit well now. 
But since we took it in before this time when we were all kind of more woke than we are now, than we were, uh, we just kind of like skirt by it. But God killed a bunch of one-year-olds, a bunch of two-year-olds, a bunch of three-week-old babies because they were the first born, born in a household. Forget about the, all the chickens and shit that died. That seems like overkill. Um, he just killed innocent people. Not every Egyptian was a slave master. You know what I mean? Some were doing textiles. Some were designing the pyramids. They weren't all, they didn't all have a whip in their hands. They might have used slave labor, but not all of them. They weren't all in the king's household, but they all had a kid and their firstborn died. Firstborn son. That's, it's bigger because women weren't really that respected then. So only the firstborn son. Airbnb response. Uh, Fitzroy, that'll be good. Yeah, but does it have a washer dryer? Answer the fucking questions. Guys, ever since Airbnb went from a fucking place where people rented their home out to a fucking business, you can't get a straight answer. People are like, oh, I don't know, I've never been there. Does it have a washer dryer? I'll ask. Why, why do you have to ask? You should know. It should be your home. Ugh, you go into a place and it's fucking empty. Anyway, so... God murders a bunch of children. That's the God, by the way. He's not even hiding that fact. That's not me reading into it. That's all just real shit. That's all shit that he puts on the record. It's like in his own book. You know, it's like when Schumer uh, said something in her book about how she, I pretty much raped a dude. And then everyone's like, oh, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, some guy was way too drunk. And I took advantage of him. And people were like, didn't we set up that world where we're going to call that rape? And she's like, ah, nah, I'm a feminist. <laughs> and everyone just sort of forgot it but it wasn't something that somebody found out about her that she could deny it was something that she said on her own right here is the same thing God has said in the book that he wrote himself I killed a bunch of children you think these kids these fucking two year olds had a fucking as they were toddlers were just like waddling up to Jewish two year olds and fucking whipping them they're innocent you guys they don't know anything well they were going to they were going to who gives a shit we have a thing called free choice. Is that what it's called? Um, okay. But anyway, at this point, Pharaoh is like, get out. I'm done with you. Before the final plague, God commanded Moses to inform all the Israelites to mark land's blood above their doors and in every door. I'm reading a cheat sheet so I remember this as I go. Oh, in the Quran, in the view of Islam, the plagues are almost identical. What? The plagues were in the Quran? So he went on to them. Also death, a flood of typhoon, locusts, frogs, blood. Wow. Hmm, pretty close. Um, anyway, he's like, Jews, get out, get out. And so God goes to the Jews and Pharaoh goes to the Jews like, we're free. Pharaoh's like, I mean, Moses is like, we're free. Guys, pack your shit, leave right now. Well... They didn't pack their shit and leave right then. There was a problem, you see. There was a major problem. Because the Jews had just put some bread in the oven. (sighs) What are they going to do? One thing Jews don't like to do is waste. So they were like, well, fuck, man. I mean, I just want to waste this bread. 
And Moses is like, are you kidding me? We've been slaves for fucking 400 years. Get your fucking shit packed and go now. And they're like, all right, all right, all right. I get we're talking. I get we're talking. Don't need to be rash. Let's continue to talk in a positive method with feedback and constructive criticism. Get your shit packed and go. All right, we talked about this. Tell you what, tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. Tell you what. Compromise. How about we take the bread, as cooked as it is or not cooked, whatever it is, and they're just buying time, they're like, let it rise, let it rise. But they're like, as cooked as it is, and we just take that with us. We'll take it out of the ovens right now. We'll take it out of the ovens right now. We'll take it out of the ovens right now. And Moses is like, what? You want to take a fucking, a bunch of uncooked bread? A bunch of doughy, uncooked bread with you? And like, yeah, I mean, we could, we could be free and not have bread. Or we could be free and have, you know, a little cooked bread. Why not have cooked bread? And so Moses is like, you fucking Jews, Jesus Christ. God, can you hear this? And God's like, yeah, man. You know, I knew it was going to be hard for you guys. I didn't know why until this moment. This is why everybody fucking hates you. Just so you know, I want you to write this down. So uh, 2,000 years from now, when you're like, why does everyone hate us? It's because of the kind of shit like this. This is why. Get your fucking crackers and go. So they took their bread out. And they're able to go. And because of that, we don't eat leavened bread for these eight days. Because of the bravery of those Jews back on that day. Because of the foresight to save that bread. We now commemorate their bravery. We honor their memories. (laughs) By not eating bread the whole time. By the way, it also mentions that Jews just started stole a bunch of shit from the uh, Egyptians. Uh, they went in and just like stole all the like gold and shit. Yeah. I guess they were like, yeah, it's totally allowed. You can just take shit from regular humans. It's like when, when the stuff is written in your book that like sends you up, that, 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 that you can tell is like, ooh, that's embarrassing. It's like nobody found that out about you. You just like left it open because you didn't think it was bad. You know, that's a sign. Same thing with like Louie, you know. When those girls, when that happened, the, the, the masturbation thing, it was like everyone at that festival that it happened in, this was 12, 13, 14 years ago before Louis was even close to what he is now. Uh, the people found out about it then. The other comics, Gene Garofalo types, people like that. And they were all laughing about it. They all laughed about it. Gene will even say it. Chris Gather, they all knew about it. Everybody knew about it back then. And they all laughed because it wasn't as big a deal as you're making it now. Because right now you're analyzing it based on today's standards. I mean, today's standards. Not like these times, but I mean like today's. But you can't analyze it based on today's standards because on today's standards, no one would do that. But back then, it wasn't even it wasn't even a thing that was horrified anyone. It was just a thing that everyone laughed about. So that's how it should be treated, as a laughable offense. Not as a fucking terrible offense because no one thought of it like that even then. So back then... We thought, yeah, let's loot the, let's loot the uh, Egyptians. We, don't, we didn't see them as individual people, only as a race. But you could like, let's get rid of that race. And, and back then, that's what they thought of. You know, like this race is better than that race. This tribe of people is better than that tribe of people. So they looted a bunch of their shit. Didn't have time to let the bread rise, but they had time to fucking loot the shit out of the Egyptians. And then they got the fuck out of there. They packed their shit, loaded it onto fucking... Horses and just fucking let's go. Let's everybody go. They walked so kind of like when the when the um, Gujarati, no, that's it. That's India. Uh, whoever that is in Game of Thrones, the the the, the horseback tribe 
when they all left and they were all like some people were walking next to the horses some people were on their horses just a big horse and fucking walking just leave leave they took all their stuff and they left towards towards the red sea and then there was no space for the red sea to uh by the way so that's the reason we don't eat bread for eight days i don't know why eight days uh they were in the desert for 40 years there weren't eight plagues to get them free. There were ten. I'm really not sure why it's eight days. But we got a lot of holidays or eight days. Passover, Hanukkah, that's it. Oh, Sukkot. Um, yeah, I guess one day for every five years when you're in a desert. Fucking dumb story. Dumb story. Uh, so they take all their shit. They go to the river. They go to the, I mean, sea. The sea opens up, splits open. Because somebody has the bravery to stick his toe in. They're like, where should we go? We can't fucking swim across this thing. That sea was big. And Moses is like, try. And some, some guy's like, I'm going to walk through. And then as soon as he walked in, the fucking, you know, it parted. And that we're supposed to see that like, those, God helps those who help themselves. Because this guy was like, well, I'm going for it. As soon as he showed that, boom, I'll help you. And then the Egyptians, again, God hardened his heart. And he was like, get those people back. And all his army was like, God, Mo Pharaoh, I mean, we even need to talk to you about this, dude. I don't know why you're so concerned with these fucking Jews, dude. They're not good employees. Also, just so you know, Egypt is in Africa. If you are looking for a race of people to make as good slaves, we all have talked about it, and we think you're looking in the wrong spot. We feel like here in Africa, you can find, a, I don't know, other people that might be better suited. Um... You're just not really opening up your eyes. I don't know. Maybe Egypt was like super woke or something. And they were like, no, no, no. We ain't doing this fucking black thing anymore. We're going to mix it up. Get some diversity in slavery. Um, so he goes after them. He's like, get your chariots and go. And they all fucking jump on their chariots. And they fucking go after them. They convince the army. It's like, go, go, get them, get them. Okay. Where did the horses for the chariots come from? Right? Plague five. All the cattle, all the horses, they all died. All the goats, all the fucking sheep, they all died. Who's driving these fucking who's driving the fucking chariot? Bad screenwriting. That's what I'm saying. Bad screenwriting. They're all dead. Unless they took the Jews shit back, but you have to say that. You'd have to say that. So they go after them, the Jews walk through, and right when they walk through, the Egyptians are halfway through, uh, and then the you know, the Nile, not the Nile, the Red Sea collapses on them, kills all the Egyptians. Um, so this is the story. That is a story that we commemorate on Passover. We commemorate it by a lot of things, by a thing called the Passover Seder. And what we do is, and it takes hours and hours. I was in uh, uh, Bed-Stuy, Bedford-Stuyvesant town. Uh, yes, two days ago, the night of Passover, the night of the first night. And I went to, where did we go? We were out late. At about 2.30 or 3 o'clock, we were driving through the Satmar Jews, one of these Hasidic Jews communities, and they were all out. My girlfriend was like, why are these Jews out? I'm like, you know, it's Passover. She goes, no, it's 3 a.m. Look, there's little kids. It's a fucking five-year-old. And it reminded me, it's like, oh, yeah, this Passover Seder, First of all, it only starts after nightfall, which is like, say, 7 or 8 o'clock. you got to say the whole story. You go over the whole story. And this meal, this Passover Seder, 
for the Orthodox community and, and, and the Hasidic community lasts about six hours. And it's a fucking blast. There is so much fun stuff. All right, I'm going to go do Spot at the Stand. But I'm going to get into what the Passover Seder is and all the fucking weirdo shit that goes on with that because this is what I mean by, so that's the story of Jews. And now this is, from here on in, it's the actual day-to-day, what it actually means to be a Jew. You have to do the Seder. You have to not get drunk. And it doesn't always work out that way. And I'll explain it all when we return after this break. When Moses walked the children out of Egypt land He said, now don't you worry We're in the Lord's hands It's gonna walk beside us Time is coming near It's gonna wash away All our misery and our fear I got a feeling in my body This will be our lucky day Okay, we're back. You ever get really dry lips? Like, not on the lip itself, but I mean like above and below. Like like right where you shaved your mustache a little too far. Okay, part two, you guys. Now here's the part where it actually means you got to do something. Oh, what should I go for first? The Seder or the fucking laws? We're going for the laws. So... Because those Jews did that, we can't eat bread, right? That's where we left off. By the way, can you guys please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss the episodes? I know I don't always put one out every week, but I've been better lately. And I'm asking you please to subscribe so that you will know when new ones come out. Thank you. Um, a lot of people ask for money. I will probably do that in the future. But right now, just fucking subscribe for me. Uh, all right. So, because you can't eat bread, you also, what the Judaist law does, it puts fences around laws. So, like, in on the Sabbath, you can't do work. And they specify those kinds of work as one of seven things, and one of those things is scribe. <coughs> you couldn't be a scribe. That's a, that's, a, that's a living somebody made once. So, they say that means you can't uh, draw, because it's like kind of like being a scribe. Even though, no, a child drawing a, a, a fucking coloring book. Thank you for giving it to me eventually. A coloring book is not the same as a, as a scribe for fucking money writing a scroll. But they're like, yeah, it's all out because it's too similar. Kind of like when the TSA takes your uh, iPhone case. It looks like brass knuckles, even though you got it for $7. And it's literally the flimsiest thing anyone's ever seen made. Like Indonesia is disgusted with that kind of workmanship, but they're still like looks like a looks like a, a, a fucking weapon. I couldn't even use a brass knuckles to hijack a plane anyway. If if I had them, what am I gonna do? Besides, no, I could make the guy in front of me move his seat up. I'd be like, hey, how about for the rest of the flight? Um, you know, you don't put it back, and I wouldn't even have to hit him. I could just show him the brass knuckles. I could just be like, hey, man, and just like lean, like reach over. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, if you don't mind, but like let him see. If you don't mind, I'd appreciate if you move your seat up. I really don't have much room here. This is as far as it has to go. No, that's too threatening. Um, 
Anyway, where was I? Okay, so I don't know where I was, but because of oh, I know because you put they put rules around things. So then they put another fence around working. Is that if you see a pen or a pencil that's out on the table, you can't touch it. It's muksa. If you touch that pen, that's a kind of sin. I think they went too far. I think this is like when the when the fucking liberal movement attacks anybody for even saying that somebody who's done something wrong isn't as wrong as they think it is. Just saying that, they're attacking. I think it's similar to that. Where it's like, all right, you sh- you can't work. So it's like they've decided work is 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 fucking dr- making words on paper. So okay, so I won't do that for money, but I can do it for fun though, right? No, what if I'm not even making words? <sighs> no, it's questionable. But we'd rather you not. Okay, fine, I won't do make other words. But I can like move a pencil. I'm not going to be suddenly overcome with with desire to, to 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 draw words for money on paper. That's a giant couple leaps there, right? And they go, "We'd rather you just not." You're like, "But can we just talk about this? That if I pick up a crayon from the floor and move it into the crayon bin, that that's not going to make me n- need to draw, even if I fall and, and draw on the way down f- for money. No one's going to be like, "Oh, we paid you to fucking draw a line." quite rapidly on the way down to the ground on the wall. But they go, no, better safe than sorry. I'm like, there's no sorry here. There's no possibility of sorry. So I couldn't fucking touch a pencil or pen. If it's on my desk, I couldn't even move it. You, have to, you could blow on it. You could do the fucking foul ball thing on the infield and blow on it. That was allowed, actually. <laughs> fucking fools. The fools, everyone. This is all real shit. It's every Saturday, every Friday night and Saturday till sundown. 25 hours blowing on pens like a fucking fool. Anyway, so because of that, same rule applies here. You can't eat bread. Again, anything leavened, but we're just going to call it bread. You can't eat bread. So that means you can't have bread. Because if you have bread, you might be tempted to eat the shit out of some bread. Which, honestly, I get it. I've quit carbs before, and then I end up having dreams about carbs, you know, when you really care about carbs. I get it. I get what they're saying. But, I mean, whatever. So, the plates that have touched bread, you can't use those. You got to put those away. And it's not just enough that you put them away, the plates, and the leftover bread that you have, meaning like Butoni pasta boxes, things like that. This episode is brought to you by Butoni, the great taste of pasta in a ready-made box. It's Butoni for the taster. It reminds you of when your parents were working, you came home, and you had to make your own food. Butoni, child abandonment. Butoni. Um... Okay, so you can't own it. So what do you do? How do you, what do you do? You can't own bread? No. You sell it. You sell your bread away. They also don't, they never tell you to waste it. They never tell you just to chuck it, even though some things at the end you're going to have to chuck. You're going to have to accept it. You're going to have to chuck it. Here or there, leftover in the uh, stale bagel. But here's what you do. You sell it all, and you put it in your pantry or your fucking fridges downstairs. Oh, Jews have multiple fridges and freezers. We store food in places you can't imagine. Um, 
We have meals, the Orthodox, where we invite other whole families over. So you have to have enough food for 15 people. And then your friends come over. That's a normal every Saturday kind of thing. That can happen on any Saturday or any Friday night or any Pesach. Oh, they had kids' tables set up all around this giant table and then another table for the kids. We'll get into this later later. First of the rules. Oh, I want to get ahead of myself. This is ridiculous. Jews, I mean, when I'm hearing this out loud, it's ridiculous that we're still doing this. I mean, what? Okay, whatever. So, you sell your stuff. You put it in your pantry. You put a lock in the pantry. You put a lock on it, like that one Airbnb drawer that you have. If your Airbnb your place out, I never do that. But the one drawer I would, everyone has that when you rent them out. Where you can go in anything, but just not this one closet. For me, that would be the drug closet. It'd be like, look, you can you can come with my pillow, but you are not getting the last of my acid. So, you lock it up. And you sell it to a non-Jewish friend. Christian Odules. And you say, Mr. Odules. Come on, call me Christian. Sorry, yeah, sorry Christian. Um, can I sell you my bread? Like, yeah, I know the deal. It's every year. And you sell it to them for the price of $1. Like trading places. It's just ceremonial. But for $1, he gives you a buck. You give him ownership if not control of all your bread. So you can still get to the bread. It's actually not locked up with a padlock or anything. It's just, you just kind of tape it up and you're like, don't touch chametz. That means that's the evil of bread on the day. You call it chametz. Bad chametz. Wait, is this, is this chametz? This, this sandwich? It's a sandwich. You know it's chametz. Yeah, I know. I'm just joking. Um, so, by the way, you end up eating a lot of macaroons for some reason, coconut macaroons, not the good kind you find in New York in the East Village. Those little $2 a piece ones that are fucking the size of your thumb. Those are crazy. When you see those are $2, $2.50 a piece, you're like, what? It's like a bite. And then you eat one and you're like, motherfucking what? Oh, show me someone to stab. I would fucking stab one of those anti-gun violence marchers if I get my tasty buds on one more of those delicious macaroons from the East Village. I would say, you can't stop all violence, bitch, and stab them on national TV if I could just get one more pistachio bite. Oh, those are good is what I'm saying. I'm saying I wouldn't want to stab one of them on national TV. But they're so good that it would be... Okay. So... Oh, so you eat those macaroons. Oh, those are gross. Those are gross. But you also do get those star fruits. Those fruit, um, you know, the shape like, those jellies shaped like fruit, like the lemon shaped like a lemon slice, orange shaped like an orange slice, and then red shaped like a red slice. Um, so you lock his shit up. It's chametz. Don't touch his pantry. And then at the end of Passover, the guy ceremoniously buys it back from you. But he charges you more, I think, for the trouble. I think they generally give him more for the trouble. Like, they'll give you, like, a hundred bucks. Oh, no. The synagogue arranges it all. Like, hey, I'll sell all your bread. It's like a co-op. It's like a weed co-op. Everybody get your bread in. Okay, do I have it all? Do I own it all? Okay, he sells it for a hundred bucks. You guys donate 20 bucks for the process for the, to the finder's fee to the fucking synagogue. They make money that way. 
Do you know they make major money on Yom Kippur, the holiest day when you have to go to synagogue? They gouge you and charge you prices, high prices in the thousands of dollars for your seat. Great job, Jews. Um, no, it's just because everybody has to go that day. So, I mean, it is smart, but like, I just, it just not, doesn't seem like the right time to go fundraising. When everyone has to go, when they have no choice but to go. It just seems like the wrong time. I, 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 you know, I do, I, you know. Um, so anyway, then they sell it back. And at the end, then you get your bread back. You take your, your chametz stuff out. You have separate dishes, Passover dishes. You only use on Passover. Once bread's touch it, what do, you, what do you think? What do you think? You think you just keep using it? Is that what you thought? You thought you could put bread on a plate, and then 11 months later, when Pesach comes around, go like, well, I haven't touched bread since then. You think it's still free of bread. You fucking idiot. The fuck is wrong with you? Fuck you. No. Put that away for next Pesach in boxes. You got to work so hard after Passover. By the way, before Passover, remembering this, I had to scrub down the grill. You got to scrub down everything that might have any chametz on it. And my job was scrub down the grill. My fucking sister, my bitch sister, would yell at me and call me grill boy. She would taunt me and call me grill boy. <laughs> um, yeah. I had to fucking scrub the grill down. The fucking sooted on grill. And get it all over my hands and clothes. Because you don't want chametz on your fucking grill. We're not even going to use the grill on Pesach. We're not even going to use it. Passover, by the way, is two holidays. Followed by six. Excuse me. Followed by four mid-level days. Like a Hanukkah level. And then followed by two more holidays. Where, you, where they're all like Shabbos's. Plus, if there's a Shabbos in the middle, you got another Shabbos. Which means you can't operate... Any electricity for five. Yeah, good chance. Good chance. Five of the days. At least four, though. No chance at six. Oh, it was so fucking shitty. It was so goddamn awful. I mean, it wasn't that bad. That's all you knew, I guess. So you just sort of did it. And then the whole time you have to eat matzah. This flat, it's pretty good, especially the shmora matzah. Don't forget. Okay, there's two types of matzah. There's the, the machine made, which is, I forgot, but then there's shmur matzah. And some of the best shmur is shatzer's matzah. If you got a hankering for some shmur matzah, go to your local kosher store, starting today, I think, and get some shmur matzah. Put a little salt on it. Mm-mm-mm. Get some chorein. Um. Okay, so no bread. I'm trying to think what else was happening. On the Passover. So yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd have off sometimes. They'd just give you the whole eight days off. Because uh, you have the four and four off. And you have Shabbos in the middle. You have that off too. I mean, you're not going to have school on Sunday. So a lot of times they just gave you the eight days off. And then it was warm-ish. Back then it wasn't fucking this freeze pattern we had. This might be an early Pesach too. Pesach might be like in April sometimes. Like late April. But like, uh, oh, the lunar calendar moves the holidays around. Got too much explaining. More jokes. <clears throat> so we go to like King's Dominion sometimes to the theme park and we take sandwiches because we couldn't buy anything there normally and for sure not on Pesach and we buy we would have salami on matzah matzah is just like a cracker but like the size of a globe and you just break it up and make sandwiches some people <laughs> forgetting all this stuff the super religious the super religious 
They won't eat matzah once it's gotten wet. That is called something. I forgot. But so like we could have chicken soup, matzah ball soup. Those people won't eat matzah ball soup because they're like, because it gets in water, it rises a little bit. So matzah ball soup, the, th- the only thing good to come out of fucking Passover is matzah ball soup. I mean, that's the only thing Passover has to give to the world. The shitty macaroons are awful. To, to avoid any confusion, the macaroons in the East Village, those are the ones you kill a child for. That's a bad example because I kind of like killing the death of children anyway. Um, so, you know, that's when you do something terrible for. And the, macar- the Pesach macaroons, Passover macaroons, those are the fucking coconut ones that are just just awful cookies. You would never think of serving that on a regular day and they'd be available. That's how bad they are. Um, so those people won't even eat matzah ball soup. That's the one thing that came out of this is the matzah ball, which is just matzah chopped up, pushed together. I think you put an egg in it or something to hold it tight. And then you just fry it. And then in some chicken soup and you slice it open, soak up the chicken soup. I could get some of that right now in New York City. I could have it here by the end of this podcast. I won't, I won't, but I could do that. You want to prove it to you? Order matzo ball. Ooh, it is 4.48 in the morning. Okay, I might be wrong. On a Sunday night, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. On Pesach also. Uh, no, it's allowed on Pesach. Where can, where's that? There's no like Jerry's Deli all night thing here, huh? Uh, anyway, oh, I've narrowed down the people that are fucking throwing cigarettes down to one apartment. I went knocking, got a, I only do e-vapes, another one, like, we don't smoke. So what's the last one? Because I already went with them above us. Okay, so, yeah, matzo ball soup is the best. Okay, anyway, that's the food. My dad would make this matzo ball, like, oh, these, like, egg noodles, because you have noodles, too. This chicken noodle soup, normally, right? Can't do that. My dad figured out a hack. He made these like long egg, like real thin egg things, and he would slice them real thin and made noodles out of egg. My dad made some crazy recipes. He made meatballs out of carrot once. Not once. Like that was a consistent dish he made. It tastes like meatballs. Only carrot. Um Yeah, but he made these the fuck and we all remember the Gorlins. It was always like, but boom. You know, what's my dad bringing? You know what he's bringing? It's fucking noodles, bro. Egg noodles. So anyway, so now we'll get to the Seder. So on the first night, tonight, this year was Friday, and the second night, this year that was Saturday night, Jews must have a Seder. Seder means, literally means an order. Pretty, pretty creative, Jews. Pretty creative. And you just go over all the details of the story of the freeing of the Jews. All that Moses shit that I told you. But they spin it to make it seem so good. They make it seem like that wasn't just someone dumping a baby in the, in the, in the Nile. They don't ask those questions. But you're supposed to ask questions, though. Literally, they ask you to ask questions. They want you talking about it. These things go for a while. Now, if one of you, uh, non-Jews, have been to a Seder, you might know a lot of what I'm talking about. However, I'm here to tell you that that Seder was not a real Seder. And the reason I know that is because you were there. The legit Seders have no interest 
in sharing the experience with the non-Jew. Orthodox and above, don't need you there, don't want you there. There's a commandment of taking travelers, not on Pesach. Pesach means Passover. I'll go back and forth. But not on Pesach. Not necessary. We're here to have us and our family and go over the Haggadah, which is the book of the story. So if you've been to one, that's one of those where they wrap up in an hour and a half, they have everybody sings a song, they have somebody does a funny act out with with a mask. That's a ridiculous version of it. Conservative people, you guys are moronic. You're moronic. You either do the laws or you don't. You know this half-ass shit in your head is only you trying to hold on to some sort of like idea of what you remember, the cute stuff. That's not what religion is. Religion is because God says you can't just make shit up and pick and choose. That's what they always told us in religious school. It ain't a fucking salad that you can pick off pieces. It's all or nothing. You know deep in your heart that's the truth. And there's no fucking weirdo shit. And there's no instruments being played on a fucking holiday. Not a major one. You know goddamn well you're not allowed to play an instrument because it's a type of work. Anyway. Um, so if you've been to one, something's off. But a lot of this will ring true and ring from memory. What those people, those those weirdos do, the fucking conservatives, fucking fake Jews, I'll say it, even the religious conservative, you're fake Jews. You're intentionally avoiding certain laws from God. You're saying nah to this part and yes to another. Then that's not your God. Then that's not your God. Then make up your own new religion. Because if God says, you have to do it. And if you're not doing something God says on purpose, then you just ain't doing it. Anyway, so you sit down. You start with your first glass of wine. There's also two pieces of matzah. Your dad takes <laughs> your dad takes one piece of matzah. He puts it in the bag, sometimes a very expensive bag that's got like embroidering on it and it might be satin. It's nice. That's your something bag. Afi Komen bag. That's your goddamn Afi Komen bag. Long-term memory. You'll never get it, weed. It's mine. It's your Afi Komen bag. And your dad says, okay, here I am. Put this Afi Komen bag. Because that's your dessert matzah. That's your dessert matzah. And, oh yeah, you're going to need it. So he puts it to the side and goes, no, no matter what, everybody, I want you to know, I fucking need this shit at the end of this goddamn marathon of an ordeal. Marathon. I mean, longer than it took Bert to run the marathon. Quote unquote, run the marathon. That's how long this meal takes. Longer than that. So he says, I need this to finish off this meal. When we need it to finish off to have our dessert matzah, it, I, I don't know what I'll do if it ain't there. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to turn my back to this for a while. And all these kids. They all grab at it, and they're like, off. They're like, see ya. Ransom time, bitches. Nope, getting it wrong. Getting it wrong. Sorry, I'll back up. Your dad hides it. He gives it to someone to hide, and he hides it good, because he's like, listen, no matter what, I'm going to need this. So everybody stay at this table. I'm going off, or he gives it to one of the older kids, or a fucking aunt or something. And he goes, you fucking hide it, but you hide it good because these fucking punk bitch kids find it. These Jews, all they do is ransom shit. All they want is money. All they want is free shit. So of all people not to get it, the Filipino help in there, they're allowed to cook all they want because their laws don't apply. Even though you can't hire anybody, 
they actually pay him before Shabbos, they work it out. And Yom Tov, which means good day, which means holiday. Um, oh, so they hide it. And then all the kids like, uh, I kind of smelled he went to the room. I heard him go to that room. And they fucking tear the place down. They tear every corner. They want to find that off Coleman. And when they find it, they hide it for themselves. Sometimes one kid will find the other one's hiding it. And then they hide it somewhere else. Ooh, it gets dark. So then, at the end of the meal, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Way ahead. Oh, Jack Lanks. I'll be right back, everybody. Um, I'll sing. Okay, this is one of the songs we sing. I'll sing this while I open up these Jack Links. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by Jack Links. Jack Links, not kosher, but possibly kosher for Pesach. Oh, and they have all these rules. So you'll see a, you'll see a heksher on stuff, which means a stamp of uh, Jewish approval. So generally, if you see an OU somewhere down the label somewhere, that means Orthodox Union. That means almost all Orthodox Jews will say, sure, I trust that heksher. I trust that group that makes sure those are kosher. It's kosher. But sometimes they'll have OU. No, not P. Chav K. Kosher. For, no. See, KP? I forget what it is, but there's an extra one for Pesach. It's like a Pesach sign where it's like not just kosher, kosher for Pesach. Because, you know, if they put the thing on, if they put the stamp on two weeks ago, how are you know it's good now? So they have separate ones right around then. Special collector's editions, hechshers. Um Okay, so one of the songs we sing during the Passover Seder is Dieno. It's all about, um, I'll see what I can sing from memory. Die, die, no, die, die, no. Die, die, no, die, no, die, no, die, no, die, die, no, die, die, no, die, 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 I don't know these words that I'm filling in. And therefore, die, no. Die, no means enough. It's a song of suffering. Oh, I got to show this to you. I'm going to eat these jacklings first and I'll be back. Okay, so. Oh, this podcast is sponsored by Jacklings. Jacklings, beefsteak jumbo original. It's one of the best things you can have. Oh, I actually wish I had some matzah right now. I can make a jacklings and matzah sandwich. With some sriracha, for sure not kosher for Pesach. Okay, where do I start? By the way, for the food you're allowed to eat, there's a difference of opinion between Sephardic Jews and Ashkenazic Jews. Uh, Sephardic Jews are the ones in the Middle Eastern area, descendants. And it's about grains, whether you're allowed to eat grains. And Ashkenazi Jews are like, nah, get rid of all of it. And Sephardic Jews are like, no, it's fine. So they can eat corn. And they can have their sit there and have their corn tortillas like fucking little crazy fucking Sfarties that they are. Those Sfarties, man. It's nuts. They barely ever wear yarmulkes, only on like Shabbat. All the Dweks, those are all Sfarties. Any Dweck you know, that's a Sfarty. Uh, Harari, fucking Sfarty name. Those dirty Sfards. Um, okay. So, you have the Oh, how do we start this? How do we start this? Explaining to you this whole thing. I'm just going to sing the song, Diana, because that's where I left off. It's all about, okay, it's just about telling God he had, a, that. What? like, please, please, we, we don't need any help. It's one of the Jewiest songs I've ever heard. Let me tell you the fucking lyrics. And then everybody says, 
it would have been enough. If he had brought us out from Egypt, and he had not carried out judgments against them, it would have been enough. If he had brought us out from Egypt and not carried out judgments against them, it would have been enough. Yeah, obviously. We all think that. If you had just freed us and you didn't fucking punish them for believing in slavery. By the way, in Jewish law, slavery is okay. There's no crime against that. If we are, if he had carried out judgments against them and not against their idols, their idol would have been enough. And sometimes everyone else saying, no together. And they get to the chorus soon. If he had not, if he had destroyed their idols and he had not smitten their firstborn children, human children. I can't believe people don't fucking get bent up on this. He killed children of the people who had committed the crimes. I get slavery's bad. I get slavery's bad. But I can't see how killing the children is a justification. Die, knew would have been enough if he had smitten their firstborn and had not given us their wealth. That's the fucking stealing shit. He had to give us what they had. What? What? Who wrote this now? That's a person. This is now looking like a person who wrote the fucking Old Testament. What is it? Wow, I can still read the Hebrew sometimes. If you had given us their wealth and had not split the sea for us, would have been enough. Hold on. Now we're adding something. This is really part of the first one. Like, freed us. Freed us and not splitting the sea. Well, that's, I mean, I guess we could have gone around if he fully freed us. If he had taken us through the sea on dry land, but had not drowned our oppressors in it. So what, if we had to make them suffer and then kill them? This crazy revenge story, man. It's nuts. If he had drowned our oppressors in it and had not supplied our needs in the desert for 40 years, that's mana, um, which is just like bread from heaven that could taste like anything you wanted. Die, no. And I think every couple of verses you sing the chorus. So it'd be like, it'd be like, uh, and you do that again, and then you go back to If you're not taking us to John Land, and not John our presses, okay, wait, 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 40 years. If he'd supplied our needs for a desert 40 years, and had not fed us the mana, it would have been enough. If he'd fed us the mana, wait, what? Oh, supplied our needs is not mana. That means something else. I wonder what he supplied. <laughs> 
God's an all right guy. If he had fed us the manna and had not given us the Shabbat, it would have been enough. Now, hold on a second. I didn't view that as a good thing at all. Although in these times of addiction to social media, Shabbat's not a bad idea. If he had given Shabbat and not brought us before Mount Sinai, where he gave us the 12 commandments, it would have been enough. Please, you did plenty, God. You did plenty. If he had not given us the Torah, it would have been enough. If he had given us the Torah and had not brought us to the land of Israel, it would have been enough. If he had brought us into the land of Israel, but had not built for us the holy temple, which was destroyed two different times, it would have been enough. And then you have cup two. Uh, by the way, there is a, uh, for certain Jews, fun fact here, Persian and Afghani Jews, those are both Sephardim, uh, hit each other over the heads and shoulders with scallions every time they say Dayenu. They especially use the scallions in the night stands, which mentions the mana that Israelites ate every day in the desert. Because Torah tells us that Israelites, Jews, began to complain about the manna and longed for the onions, leeks, and garlics. Feel free to be Persian Afghani up for the evening if you'd like. No, don't feel free to that. That's wrong, Hargado.com. That's a fucking Sephardi tradition, and it's fucking garbage people shit. Beating each other with fucking parsnips. It's crazy Sephardi, man. <laughs> I mean, pfft. anyway, then you drink cup too. Uh, now, you have wine. They let you go away with uh, grape juice for the very young. I mean, for like the six-year-olds and under. Everyone else drinks wine. You have four cups of wine. And when I say cup, I mean like a goblet, which is of a decent size. Like, hmm. Not a bar glass, but like a full whiskey glass that you'd have like one one of those big ice cubes in, you know, pretty wide. Like, but you fill that up to overflow with wine. You have to drink a whole one of those, and then later you have to drink a whole other one. Some people say you can just have a little more than half. It's as if you've drinking the whole thing. If you go more than half, they round up. Some people say you can have one sip, but those people are fucking Sephardis. Man, I'm telling you, it's basically a different religion. They fucking do whatever the fuck they want over there in the Middle East. It's a, it's a crazy place, these fucking Sephardis. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Pronounce your tough. Don't say fucking Jesus. Um, you have four cups of wine. My sister one time could also have been my brother, also possibly could have been me, got so fucking drunk off those four cups. We didn't go to the half- we went the full. Might have been me. I feel like it was my sister. And then I don't even know which one if it was. Nah, I thought I was older, but now I'm not sure. Got fucking drunk. Got drunk. And had to walk home. We live next door. Had to stumble all home. Just fucking feeling good. You know, like, first drunk kind of good. Not bad at all, but feeling like, ah, yeah, funny. That kind of drunk. Oh, that Jack Links would be so good on some Shmura Matzah from Scheitzer. If you want the great states of Shmura, it's Schatzer. Um, okay, let's go over the Seder. So there's some things on the Seder plate. Things on the Seder plate. And you get to each one. I'm not going to go to the order because that doesn't really matter. By the way, you're, you have to um, lean a bunch on, on the Seder plate. 
uh, on Pesach because leaning is a sign of free. There's all these signs you have of being free. They're really commemorating the fact that we're free and not to lose sight of that, which that I kind of like. It's like no matter what shit's happening, hey, guys, we ain't slaves. We came from slaves and we ain't slaves. You know, whatever's going on in the world, at some point, for that, those two days, the Jews get to be like, hey, let's take a moment to realize how fucking good it is. I know everyone's at each other's throat, the right and the left, but let's just stop for a second and say, we ain't slaves. You know what I mean? It could be worse. Passover Seder plate. Okay, they should have a rollover, but they don't. An egg, there's a bone, there's two kinds of bitter things, and a fucking lettuce. Okay, I gotta get over this. Okay. So you have this plate. It's got three, six different things on there. And it's another one. It's like real a, a Passover plate, a Seder plate, is like, you might get that for your bar mitzvah. You might get that for your wedding, more likely. Forget the bar mitzvah part. For your wedding. Actually, I think I might have gotten a Passover a Seder plate. Um, it would be fun if I just ate off it normally. And they'll have little indentations sometimes for the six. Or sometimes it'll come with like six little bowls that you can put the things in. Sometimes it's just flat and you just move the things around. You know, just have their space for them. Um, but they're nice. They're things that are like hundreds of dollars. People like really, you know, love showing them every Pesach. Maror. And chazeret, bitter herb symbolizing the bitterness and harshness of the slavery that the Jews endured in Egypt. In the Ashkenazi tradition, which is, as we know, the correct tradition, fresh romaine lettuce, or endives, mm-hmm, relax, fresh romaine lettuce, both representing the bitterness of the Roman invasions, or horseradish, may be eaten as maror, in the fulfillment of the mitzvah of eating bitter herbs during the Seder. So some people would do that. Now, my dad, he likes spicy food. He's passed on that, some of that to me, but I don't like as much as him. He can make this paste. You know the sriracha company? They make that paste. Not just the sriracha sauce, but they make a paste. Where it's like you see the seeds and stuff in there. My dad would make his version of that. And it would be as hotter, hotter. And I remember him testing it once because they had to like pickle and stuff. He tested it once by dipping a full spoon into it, taking a spoonful out, now, I want to show you how much this is. I would have a salami sandwich with ketchup on it, and on one side of one piece of bread, I would spread that spread as thin as possible. I mean, put the smallest amount on and keep scraping my, my, my knife back and forth, back and forth, until every inch of the bread is just like a hint of bread, like you ran a high C through a, a Brita filter, and the little pinkishness that's left. I mean, barely discolored. I would eat that on uh, with pieces of hard salami and ketchup and two pieces of bread around it, and it would make me cry tears. I mean, just so hot. That stuff, my dad took a spoon of, put it into his mouth, pulled the spoon out empty, and just goes, ah, ooh, yeah, that's hot. That's ready. And that's it. So he made... Fucking horseradish, where he would grind down this horseradish until it was so fucking hot. 
And then you have to put a lid on it in a Tupperware. Because the longer you leave it out, the longer it has to breathe, the less hot it gets. It stays spicy. The kind of spice that if you got anything clogged up your nose, it is unclogged. It shoots through your nose, up through your cavity, into your brain. It is hot shit. Those people that do those fucking... The romaine lettuce, good job. My dad would put that on the romaine lettuce. Best of both worlds. God, that shit was hot. Oh, I want to get some of that. I wish I went home just for that. I wish I did. Hmm. Anyway, haroset, which is like a sweet brown mixture, that uh, was pretty good. Some people didn't like it, but it was made to be good. It had raisins in it, some some like plum sauce. Um, and it, but it's more like a paste. Uh, represented the mortar and brick used by the Hebrew Jewish slaves to build the storehouses or pyramids of Egypt. In Ashkenazi Jewish homes, again, the correct ones, haroset is generally, traditionally, now this is just this is just recipe. I'm not against those Sephardis serving lachmajin and kibbeh. That's cool. That's just from where you're from. I get that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the laws, you guys, do crazy. And again, when I say crazy, let me further analyze it. It's still better than those fucking conservative Jews who are basically doing fuck all. Who are basically playing pretend. Uh, Ashkenazi Harosa is traditionally made from chopped nuts, uh-huh, grated apples, yep, cinnamon, and sweet red rind. Yep. Karpas, that's another one, third one. Vegetable other than bitter herbs representing hope and renewal. So not the bitter herbs, so lettuce, carrots, anything you want. A vegetable. Some substitute parsley. Wait, wait. Which is dipped into salt water at the beginning of the Seder. Parsley or another green vegetable. Yes, that's what they have. Parsley. We would have that. Some substitute parsley to slice of green onion. No, we didn't do that. Or potato. Yes, I've seen that done. Representing the bitterness of the ghetto in Germany. Um, There's another story about Jews. Uh, I'm not going to get into it now. And other European countries, both commonly used. The dipping of a simple vegetable into salt water and the resulting dripping of water off of said vegetable visually represents tears and a symbolic reminder of the pain felt by the Hebrew slaves in Egypt for the three hours and 45 minutes of work they did every single day. They could barely even tend to their livestock. Usually in a Shabbat or holiday meal, the first thing to be eaten after the Kiddush over wine is bread. At the Seder table, however, the first thing to be eaten after the Kiddush is a vegetable. Which leads to the recital of Manishtana. Why is this night different than other nights? We're going to finish off the Passover, the, the Seder plate first. Zroha, uh, Zroha is a special, as there's the only element of meat. Oh yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a lamb shank, or like a roasted to burnt, like bone, just a bone. What does that represent? Oh, destruction of the temple. Because we used to have sacrifices of lamb, and so to represent that, it's a burnt piece of lamb that we can't give sacrifices to God anymore. We have to just say it out loud instead of showing our love in a form of a murdered animal, a live animal thrown on the fire. Uh, and then the last one is a hard-boiled egg, pizza. Representing 
festival sacrifice that was offered in the temple in Jerusalem and roasted and eaten as part of the meal on Seder night. Okay. Um, let's go to that song. So we have a glass of wine. We start singing the song, Manishtana, sung by the youngest kid who can sing. Manishtana Halayla Hazar. What makes this night different from every other night? This might be the most famous song. Let me find it, see if there's a... Manishtana. Oh, no, I didn't have it. Sorry, you guys, I'm not prepared. Yeah, this is the most famous one. It's that and Dayano, but I think more people know Manishtana. So the youngest person sings it. It's embarrassing as shit. Uh, and he has to say, why is this night different than the other night? Because he has to act like a, act like a fool. Ugh. Manishtana, Wikipedia. Mm, it's not going to happen in Hebrew, is it? Oh, yeah. Manishtana halayla hazeh mikol halot. Shemachol halot anum ochlim chametz umatza. Halayla hazeh halayla. Manishtana halayla hazeh mikol halot. From all the other nights. Why is this night different from all the other nights? That on all the nights, we eat both chametz and matzah. You're allowed to eat matzah later. You're not allowed to eat chametz now. On this night, we only eat matzah. This night, this night. Only matzah. On all the nights, we eat many vegetables. On this night, more. We also eat other vegetables. You can have vegetables in the meal. All nights we do not dip vegetables. Even once. On this night we dip twice. So like what makes this it's all answering the question. What why is this night different than all the nights? And the four answers are those. And this is the fourth. That in all the nights, some eat sitting, others reclining. On this night, we're all reclining. We recline to show our freedom. Because in slave days, we weren't allowed to lean while we eat. So now that we're free, oh, we do so much eat leaning. Fucking idiots. Oh, alternate order. The Sephardic, Mizrahi, or Yemenite traditions, we're not even going to talk about Mizrahi and Yemenites, have a different order to the Ashkenazi order. Placing the order of the four questions as follows. Dipping the food, eating matzah, eating bitter herbs, and then reclining. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that reorder. All this is just to get you talking about the story. The bitterness, to show the bitterness of, this, of, the, of the tears. It's just to remind you what story we're talking about. The freeing of these Hebrews. The freeing of the Jews. And then, and then on the way out, one of the things we got was the Torah. God, Moses went up after he let us out. Got the tablets, threw them down. But he pretty much, God gave him to give us the fucking Torah. That's it. That's when we became Jews and not Hebrews. Oh, wow. It really does commemorate the beginning of Judaism. The story starts earlier. But the story of Jews start right now. Huh. Interesting. Well. Oh, so we have four more glasses. All we do is a bunch of singing and fucking praying. There's also a full meal in there. Um, there's things you do where you say a prayer and the full wine glass, you put a pinky in and dip it on your on your plate. So you have like little spots all the way around your plate by the end. Uh, it's fun. I mean, it really is fun. You get to stay up so late. It really was a fun time as a kid. 
But it's tiring. At some point, the kids start to conk out and they go sleeping. But they all stay up at some point. You know, after like 13, 14, you're staying up. For sure, after 12 and for a girl and 13 for a boy, you're an adult now. You're staying up. You can complain all you want, but you're going to be fucking mad. Anyway, we drink the rest of the four glasses, space them out, but it's still four big glasses of wine. Drink regular stuff in between there too, you know, water and soda, whatever they serve. Kosher Pesach soda. And then at the end, your dad's like, all right, time to say the fucking last prayer. Where's, what the fuck, where's that? Okay, I'm going to go find where I hid the dessert matzah. And he goes back there and goes, double cross? There's tricks or trickery afoot? Someone's stolen. The Afi Komen. And the kids start laughing. And he's like, who has the Afi Komen? And whoever's got it, be like, it is I. I have the Afi Komen. And your dad's like, give it to me. And they go, no way. No fucking way, old man. He's like, what? What is this? You think he's just going to give it to you for free? Old man, it's a new man's world. And I'm taking over. <sighs> what do you want for it? I'll tell you what I want for it. And that's been your chance to fucking hold the whole table hostage. What do you want? If you ask for something too much, you're not going to get it. I'll tell you why in a second. But if you ask for too little, you've wasted it. So what do you ask for? A car when you're 16? Sure, possibly. That's when you find out what kind of tax bracket your parents are in. If that's something they can commit to, you know, seven years down the line. Or if that's something they're going to be like, no fucking way. That's never going to happen. Shut up. You know, that baseball card you always wanted? A fucking new football? They might try to bargain you down. Just teach you how to fucking do it. You know, teach you how to be a man about it. Grown up, excuse me. But if you ask for too much, you go, no. And if you go, well, I'm not lowering my price. Your dad's going to be like, come on, give me something real. And you're like, nope. It's a Lexus right now or nothing. Like, we don't have enough money for a Lexus right now. No. All right, then don't get your coffee coming back. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And they start saying, you know I can just use any piece of bread if we lose it, because some people lose it. You're like, that's not true. All right, then use any other bread. Then, then why are you even talking then? Then why are we even talking? I, you say bike, I say Lexus. And they're like, all right, come on, come on, give me the bread. Give me the, give me the matzah now. Please, please, give me the matzah. No. Lexus, give me the matzah. And it starts getting mad, and then you start getting punished. If they can't get it, you think the government's just going to go in bargain in good faith if you're not giving it up? They're going to force you out. Look at the Chavez Ravine with the Dodgers. They offered those people money. If they didn't take it, they said that wasn't good enough. They got forced out for pennies on the dollar. And that's what's going to happen, so don't ask for too much. And then the meal's over, and this fucking six-hour deal's done. And then uh, you have to do another six days. Oh, maybe I'll get some more Jack Links. Hold on. Okay, so Jack Links are good. Do not, after you eat a Jack Links, um, put your finger into your nose because whatever's on that is there's some spice in there for sure, and your nose is not used to it. Um, I mean, I guess technically don't put your finger in your nose for anything, but let's be honest. If that's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm not trying to tell you to change your life. I'm just trying to live the life you're living, but live it better. Um. Oh, okay. Well, that's the Passover Seder. That's it. And so then after Pesach, after Passover ends, you got to do a bunch of work. It's over. You got to sometimes you go out for a slice of pizza. The Nut House used to be open. Harry's Nut House. This episode is brought to you by the Nut House. Everybody, we want the great taste of 
awful, awful kosher pizza. That's all that's out to offer in Kentmo, Maryland. It's the Nut House. Wheaton's finest, the Nut House. Um, they used to serve nuts, and then they stopped making nuts. They also used to serve, uh, uh, sell masks at the Nut House for a while. He made his money, Harry, wherever he could. He died, but his tradition lives on in that awful salt-only pizza that my brother loves for I don't know what reason. I guess, I guess like nostalgia. I mean, it's bad, and it gets cold fast. It's like lunch pizza, really. Anyway, I ate a whole one of those once when I was growing up. With my growth spurt, I could eat. No, I could do that, but I feel disgusted with myself. So, um, I mean, if you leave a pizza out, I will continue going back to it at a party until the pizza is gone. And I'll be like, oh, I assume lots of people ate lots of this. But you could just see, I ate a whole pizza. So after Pesach, you got to put everything away. You got to go down. Get the chametz stuff, bring it back up. Get the past Pesach stuff. First, box that up. Make sure that's out of the way, so no chametz. Then you put that down. Nothing can touch it. The last step is you get the bread out, so nothing's going to touch it. Do you know you have to like go into your pantry, into your drawers, and cover those up with laminate? Yeah. So that way, no chametz that might be on the, on the shelves touches your shit. It's all new. <laughs> toothpaste is a problem toothpaste you can't use it might be not kosher or Pesach you gotta be careful of what type so it takes forever to fucking unpack stuff I mean it's a two hour process sometimes three and it's awful one year I got out of it because uh, the Lieber's mom died and uh, I mean her Lieber's mom's dad died or dad or mom so I went over there like, I'll help you. You have to sit Shiva. I'll help you fucking unpack. But really, it was just around her daughter who I had a crush on. Um, but you just sit and work and work and work till it was all done. And then you just go to sleep. So that whole night was shot too. And if the next day was like a Wednesday, you're going to school the next day. So you got to work all night. Shabbat ends around, let's say right then around 8. Work till 11, 12. Hit the head. That's the wrong term. Hit the hay. And then you're up again at fucking 7.30 for school. It was awful. It was awful. That part. It was a fun holiday overall, but the traditions are just ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're, you're holding up a, a fucking burned lamb shank to be like, this signifies... But you say it in an old ancient language. It's not even modern Hebrew. It's ancient Hebrew. We make the youngest. It's like Indiana Jones. It's like one of those fucking... Cultures that Indiana Jones fucking goes and visits. I forget. Yeah. I mean, anyway, so I think that's the whole Pesach story. I'm going to stop this. I'm not going to upload it yet. Wait till tomorrow and see if I remember anything else. But that's all of Pesach. I had this friend, Aaron Levine, who he didn't want to keep Pesach. He was conservative. I'm telling you, the conservative people, they do nothing. But he's like, I want to keep Pesach, you know? But he doesn't want to do the work. He just likes the idea of it. Like, I like the idea of being a black belt in karate, but not ever going to one karate class. He goes, well, I'm going to eat bread. But what I'm going to do is, before I eat it, because it's Pesach, because it's Passover, I'm going to smush it. And he would smush the bread. 
And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, it's something. I'm like, it's not something. It's nothing. It's better, it's better than nothing. I'm like, it's equal to nothing. You're doing nothing. You're eating leavened bread that you smushed. It might be worse than nothing because you've played with your food, which is a tiny little minor, minor offense. So you've done nothing and added playing with your food. Oh, shit. The sun's coming up. 5.30. This podcast takes me too long. Oh, I stayed at the cellar too long. That was my problem. Um, anyway, I guess that's the episode. No, I'll wait till I see what I come with tomorrow morning, and I'll do a good wrap-up tomorrow. Um, so until I forget, that's the end. What did we finish with? I'll say it out loud so I remember. Did Seder. I'll look to see if I forgot any crazy details. And we did putting away the Pesach dishes, taking out the Chametz dishes every fucking year. Every year. It's honestly, it's like some African tribe. Right? It's crazy stuff. The ceremonials. I mean, this is shit you saw in the fucking, not even African, anything. The fucking golden child visited tribes of people that did this. We lean when we're free. Uh, all the fucking movements and act outs. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. And I took it for complete granted. Like, obviously you do that. There's no thought of doing anything else. When you're raised in it, you don't think any other way outside. It's just like, this is what you do. I mean, if I was raised in a fucking heaven's gate, I would have been a heaven's gator. You're just told this is the way it is. That's why I never understood you have to accept Jesus to go to heaven. Because if you're raised in it, you you have a chance, a way better chance than if someone who does it who's raised not with Jesus. That would mean that you have an unjust advantage of going to heaven over me, and that's not a fair God. That's the kind of God who kills fucking babies to prove a point to their adult. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, you guys, I'm putting on pause, and I'll wrap up tomorrow morning. That's the episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a little piece of Judaism from me to you. So that's pretty much what my hour is going to be like, um, but way tighter and lots more stories. So that was, what, an hour plus of just one holiday? So I'll have like, you know, 
a few different holidays in that hour, plus some laws, plus some like some shit that just goes goes on in the religion. Just all tightened in front of American comedy clubs. I mean, you'll see it. It's pretty fucking fun. My favorite place to do it, I think, so far was Salt Lake City because they're so religious. So they all really knew it. But I also like doing it in Edmonton and uh, and Georgia where there's no Jews. So anyway, should be interesting. Melbourne should get it. You guys should know what kind of people I'm talking about. Um, so that's the episode, you guys. Uh, don't forget to go to AriTheGreat.com uh, to see the music choices for every week. And to see my tour, to get tickets to, uh, I don't know if there's tickets left actually for Wednesday and Thursday of this week in Albany and Syracuse. I really don't know. If there are, there's not many, you should go right now and get them. Um, Then Perth, April 13th and 14th. Melbourne, April 17th through the 21st with storytelling shows. In addition to that, I'll be at the Comics Lounge those days. And then in addition to that, the European Beer Cafe for storytelling shows at at midnight or nearby midnight um, on the 20th and 21st. Um, you can go to eat both those shows. You can go to three. You can go one show at the comic strip and both shows at the European Beer Gardens, if you like, because both of those shows are going to be different. All the comic strip shows will be the same, and then the storytelling shows will be different from each other and different from the hour. Okay, so where else? Then Adelaide. I might go to the Outback. What are some things I should do in the interim? I have days off. I got to figure out something to do in Australia. Um, I mean, I'm going to do some hiking in Perth. And then maybe I'll go to the Outback. I thought maybe I'll go to Tassie. You know, um, when do I have off here? I'm in the wrong month. I'm in the Melbourne month. I got off from the 25th. I'm off the 22nd, and I don't have to be in Adelaide until the 26th, so should I go out back? Should I go to the fucking middle? Or maybe, and then maybe Adelaide. Maybe I'll just go early to Adelaide or something like that. And then I don't have to be in Sydney. Adelaide on the 26th, but Sydney on the 20th and 29th. Um, and then Brisbane, and then I'm just going to fuck around and like see some shit. Maybe go scuba diving. Great Barrier before the fucking Chinese tourists have completely killed it and not just mostly killed it. Those Chinese tourists, man, they're the worst ones. They're the underrated worst ones. Travelers know. The Chinese travelers are garbage. You want to be like, oh, I don't like Bogans or I don't like fucking Russians or some people don't like Israelis. But those Chinese travelers, I mean, no one makes friends with them. That's why you don't really name them on lists. But they're the worst universally. It's not close. Uh, and again, if you saw my special uh, paid regular, it was out three years ago. I'm not saying Asians. I'm saying Chinese tourists. It's not racist. It's anti-country. Um, anyway, an early note. Shroomfest this year falls out on August 25th, 26th, and 27th. To participate, you need to get mushrooms now. Start looking now. April, May, June, July. Almost four months. Less than four months. So you need to start looking now. When you find them, put them in a Ziploc bag in your fridge. Um, if you've never taken them before, you can go to arishafir.com and look up the Shroom Fest link. It'll tell you everything you need to know about that. I made a very in-depth primer 
about your first mushroom experience, how to do everything, the price, uh, where to get it, um, how much to do, I suggest two grams. And then no less than that. If anything, when you want two grams, you take an extra little half cap and put it on top. You make sure. Too little is the worst. There is no too much. Um, and then, you know, the more you've taken, the more you can go up from there. But two grams is a nice starting point on an empty stomach, on a very empty stomach, like eight hours empty stomach. Uh, okay. So wherever you are in the world, that's what you do. You find some mushrooms. And on the 25th, which is a Saturday, 26th is Sunday, or 27th is a Monday, you find the day um, that works out best for you and your schedule. Don't fuck over your life. If it means taking mushrooms, find one day in those three, in that, you know, 24, 48, 72-hour period, where it works for you. It's a 72-hour holiday. You take it whenever you want in those 72 hours. Um, it should be a full moon or nearby a full moon at some point in that weekend. So uh, if you're not in Australia, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it should be summertime. Go out and enjoy the weather. Enjoy the night. The moon should cast shadows for you to let you, as if you're outside of trees, away from trees, full shadows for you to be able to walk out all night long if you like. Um, one thing to remember, nothing bad will happen to you on mushrooms. So put your cell phone on off and leave it at home the adventures you'll go on will be robbed by the access to your cell phone any reason you need it well what if i get lost what if i do this i've been over all those reasons you don't need it it will only hinder your experience Uh, what if i miss my friends i gotta fucking what if i get separated it will hinder your experience i have thought of all the possible reasons and i'm telling you It'll hinder your experience. Put the cell phone away. You will be fine. You'll have a great time, but you'll be taken out of it by the access to that phone. Um, Not to mention you might make some serious mistakes with texting people that you don't want when you're in an altered state. Anyway, so that's Shroomfest. Anywhere you are in the world, you can participate. It's not a place. It's a fucking... We meet up on the other side of the fucking universe. Uh, All right, so uh, that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, I might want to start doing some, like, individual episodes. Uh, By the way, if you want to go to Skankfest and find any Skankfest news, go to arishafir.com slash skankfest. Uh, You can buy tickets right now. Pre-sale tickets give you access to all the shows at Skankfest, VIP passes. Go to arishafir.com slash skankfest. Not Lewis's site. Only my site will have news. Um, once a week with brand new people and comics that are added to the lineup that only I will be adding and no one else has access to that information. (laughs) (coughs) All right. Um, yeah, that's it, everybody. Oh, so I might do some sort of like, I don't know, mailbag kind of thing to get me talking. I mean, there's, there's ways to get people talking. The dollop has it great. They take like a, a, an American piece of history. That's a great podcast. If you're looking for a new podcast, The Dollop. But uh, yeah, I might start like make a mailbag or something and take questions about whatever. Your own life. I saw a birthing. thing. He takes good questions. Other people have. Been wanting to put out a mailbag for a while. But yeah, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. 
Anyway, that's it. Um, talk to you later. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Don't forget to tell friends about it if you like it. Help me grow this motherfucker. Thank you, guys. Until next, Pesach. Don't eat any bread. Wait, no. Eat bread in between. But don't eat any bread until, I don't know, when Pesach's over. I think Saturday. Um, so long, everybody. Good yontav. Thank you.